everyone. Welcome to EQCast. I'm your host, Christy Pritchard. This is where you can find unscripted conversations with authentic humans around spirituality, healing, plant medicine, and whatever else you feel like talking about. I'm really excited to welcome a new friend and connection that I've made recently, Jody Sharp. She's a talented artist from Montreal, Canada, who makes products to support you in your meditation and yoga practice. Through years of hard work, she manifested a life that she knew was possible and now creates products to support you in doing the same. She makes one-of-a-kind stained glass meditation objects and printed clothing, and her art intends to help you engage in a more profound connection to the universe and manifest the life of your dreams. I'd like to welcome Jody Sharp to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me, Christy. I'm so happy to be here. Excellent. I'm super excited that we connected. Me too. I love how the universe works. It's just uh, like, <laughs> especially with the internet these days, like uh, we hack on it all the time, but it's incredible that we can meet people from around the globe and connect exactly. and have these amazing conversations. I'm so grateful. Exactly. Me too. And you can also kind of, and I hate to say this, but it's true because our profiles are just like a bit of our souls, you know, like 100%. I put a lot of myself out there. And so when you <laughs> click on someone's thing and they have their little write up and their photos and they're like, bam, yeah, you, my humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can kind of tell immediately. And that's why I like to be as myself as I can online Absolutely. is just, yeah, no holds barred. I swear a lot on my things and I have, <laughs> I have myself out there. I'm a sassy little bee, so I don't hide that. And That's I really perfect. liked your style and so talented. Oh my goodness. Oh, thank so you. That I do so much. Yeah, I fell in love with your pieces and I'm really excited to shop around. I'll just kind of boast about you a little bit. She makes beautiful little stained glass. You have like feathers and different kind of ornamental, but it's jewelry and it's stained glass, which yeah, is really I have some jewelry on right now too. Oh my God. Those are the ones I was looking at. <laughs> and your leggings, which I'm obsessed with. So they're eco-friendly and I kind of want to hear about those. This isn't a paid ad, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, the encouragement really means so, so much. You never know when you're just alone creating whether stuff is meaningful to people or not. And so it really, really matters when people tell me that it's working for them because I make art for other people. It's it's not just for me. Otherwise, I would just be alone in my room doing it. And so yeah. thank you so much. It really does mean a lot. People tell me that it works for them. Of course. And so that kind of brings us to what we're going to talk about today, because you found your little niche and what you wanted to do, and you started following your passion. And I know other people are really itching to do the same. We're kind of stuck in this like monotonous nine to five because we feel like we have to be. Yeah. But that's not the only option out there. You know, if you're driven and if you have something that you're passionate about, there's a way to get there. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of want to talk about your process and like how you discovered what it is that you love to do and how you took the first steps and like both of us can just talk about how we are finding our own soul's calling yeah totally yeah yeah I mean first off I think that that all of us really have unique gifts to give the world like there's only one of us in all of time and our expression is completely unique and it's a disservice to ourselves and our lives when we're not really being true to ourselves and who we are and what we have to offer I think that living a fulfilled life really means doing the work to figure out what your purpose is and what your gift is to give the world. Heck but yes. <laughs> right. It's like, it's, it's so hard to do and it's scary and we don't know where to start. And we're surrounded by this, this world around us that tells us it's, it's too hard or it's not possible to us or that people who do it are just lucky. But it really is just a series of steps that anyone can do and get to the point where they want to. It's just a series of habits for for anyone. Exactly. And, Sorry, I mean, continue. <laughs> 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 uh, being in Zoom. <laughs> um, I didn't grow up in, just to give a little background, I didn't grow up in a place that was supportive of my life or my passion at all. I grew up in a very, very rough home that was very religious in a way that was very toxic. I mean, religion can be really beautiful and useful to a lot of people, but the environment I grew up in was was very rough. And and I really had this thing driven into me that my whole goal in life was to be a proper woman, be a silent wife, get married, have children, not be yeah. career focused, like not be creative. Like this was supposed to be what my life was designed for. And it was this very, very fundamental space that was imposed on me. And so people often look at my life and they say, you're so lucky. You're so lucky to be doing what you love. But the fact is, 
it's a journey all the time to make this choice. And I didn't, I grew up with a lot less than a lot of people have, and I still had to make the choice to get there. So just to say that that anyone can do it if they make the choice. You're hitting on that really key word choice. You know, we're confronted with choices every single day, which direction to go, which connection to make, which one to leave behind, which dream to follow. And and if we ignore the internal signs that are pointing us to a certain direction and the nudges that we get from the universe, from our intuition, whatever it is, we're really doing ourselves a disservice in the long run. So with you and when you were coming out of the toxicity of religion and and all of that, how did you end up shaping yourself and your beliefs into finding your own empowerment and going through that process? I mean, the first the first thing was that it's all trial and error. Like a lot of people, when they think of artists in particular, think about the idea that artists are born, they're not made. But it's yeah. it's not really true. No, like, I don't think it's true at even at all. At all. It takes hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has the creative spirit in them and everyone has the capacity to do beautiful and wonderful things. And so I think the very first thing that people need to do if they're trying to figure out what their passion is or their life purpose is, is just explore. Just yeah. trial and error yeah, and fail at a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, case I've done it a bunch. Right? hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. I mean, I actually, I didn't think that I would be an artist when I was younger. I was really into horses. I was so passionate about them. Kids are passionate about horses. It is like a full on thing. Yeah. yeah. I was working ranches and competing and I was like, I thought this would be like my thing, you know? And then I ended up in a situation where like it costs a lot of money to, to work with horses and I just, it wasn't feasible. And so I started kind of playing with, with other things and I, I'd always been kind of creative and drawn to visual space. And so like I just started playing in different art classes and stuff and then really found this this joy. And, you know, along the way, there's hundreds of other things that I explored also. But yeah, I think the biggest thing was just testing a lot of stuff and really seeing where your biggest joy lies, because that's what passion is, right? And that feeling of joy too, and to like tap into that and know when it arrives and really follow that. Like that's Mm -hmm. something we're not even really taught that much about is what our feelings really feel like. Like Mm -hmm. what does joy really feel like? That excited little kid on like Christmas morning because it's the season, but like that kind of bliss, you know, and and I think that kind of with adulthood too, that gets numbed down and dumbed down with so many responsibilities and so much obligations on obligations. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and stress and comparison and all that stuff that we forget what joy feels like. And I think that, that maybe is a great starting point is to be like, yeah. hey, what does joy feel like again? <laughs> like, yeah. Get to the basics here. I feel like we missed that a bunch. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good point. I mean, I didn't even think of that. But when I was coming out of such a rough home, I went through a lot of therapy. And yeah, one of the I, things that was really challenging was I couldn't feel my emotions because I had been shoved down my whole life. And like, if any of you have ever heard of a feelings wheel, look it up. Oh, yes, I have. I, <laughs> Absolutely. Because uh-huh. every time I'm trying to express myself like to my partner or to whoever, yeah. I, I do. I have it saved in my favorites now on my phone to revert back. It's like, how am I feeling? Because sometimes I need a visual to yeah. see because I, I know how it feels in my body in different areas, yeah. but I don't know how to describe it other than I feel a pain in my stomach and it's exactly. moving up to my throat. I feel like that. What is that pain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> oh my god yes holy crap that was perfect I nailed how i feel a lot of the time <laughs> me too me too oh, wow i'm not loading that not that on the feeling wheel <laughs> too funny and and exactly like that's like that's all we know is that it feels mm-hmm. key it feels bad or it feels like it just yeah you know, but and having that wheel, it's like, okay, my feels like, oh, and then you get to kind of narrow it down, mm-hmm. you know, because it goes through like the main feelings and then it brings it into more, more descriptive words mm-hmm. towards the center. If I'm not mistaken, I can look it up right yeah. now. But yeah, so I think we went down a bit of a rabbit hole, but I love rabbit holes. So that's great. So yeah, I mean, so the point your was joy. to like, your joy. The yeah. feelings. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. to know, to really be honest about how what you're doing is affecting you because we all know when we've worked that shitty job that makes us feel horrible about going in every day and we often 
can't separate that feeling of obligation. And we're surrounded by other people who really think that that's the way that you're supposed to live. And I think that's kind of the second thing. If the first thing is follow your joy and follow your bliss, like the second thing is to really surround yourself with the right people. When people are admired in this place of fear, like fear is a really, really good thing that keeps us safe. It's really, really important. And when we start testing things and we're like, does this feel good to me? What if I did this? The first thing that's ever going to happen is this fear. And your body's saying, oh, you can't do that. You're never going to make money at that. You're never going to be able to support your family or have a real life or you're going to end up on the street. Like your fear is just going to blow up, right? And if you have people around you who aren't on the same journey of growth and and desire for purpose and aren't supportive, then you're going to be like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this new thing. I feel really excited about it. And they'll be like, you are insane. (laughs) You cannot do that. My sister started a jewelry business and she failed after a year and a half and is $20,000 in debt. Like, like that's all you're going to hear, right? Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. it's so sad that the limiting mindset that we have and imposter syndrome too, that that, those Mm -hmm. kind of conversations end up bring like breeding into our deep in our subconscious. And that's where imposter syndrome, I think, comes from is mm-hmm. it's just having those conversations and then it gets embedded into our Absolutely. psyche and and then it's there and it's really hard to get rid of and that only comes from their fear and their lack of belief too like no one's mm-hmm. saying this to hurt us purposely at least I don't no. like to believe that and I think that that's just the way that humanity has been you know like totally. we came from names like blacksmith and whatever smith and like all these things because like just do something functional do something yeah. that makes money and pays the bills Absolutely. rather than stepping outside of the framework of what mm-hmm. society's been and really hearing what makes your heart sink, you know, yeah. and that's something that I think we're really stepping into now. For and sure. I think for the first time. Those steps. Yeah. For the first time in human history. In human history. Who did this prior to us, they were like witches or insane Absolutely. or like yep. locked up. And, or now that they're gone, now that it's like so far back in the past, they're revered. But it mm-hmm. took them being dead for 300 years yeah. to look at their work to be like, fuck oh, yeah, but you're on to something. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no, you're uh-huh. really. So, yeah. I, yeah. And I, I just really hope that it catches up with that that time frame ends up being at the same. You know, we don't have to die. And then 100 years later, people are like, good job. Yeah. Like, I hope that it can happen within the time that it's happening, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, um, I think the internet is a huge facilitator of that, like. Not not only are we in one of the first times in humanity where we're not directly connected to our work being our security and our safety. Like we're not farmers. We don't have to grow our own food that we eat, eat every day. We suddenly yeah. have this space. And Mind you, we should, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I also agree with that. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but also we have this like place of the internet, right? Yeah. Where, where not only can we explore and meet other community and people to surround ourselves with but we can actually start to find the niches that that want to buy from us and want to support us like I couldn't have done what I do 15 years ago like yeah no brand new yes brand new and definitely I can't believe that I get to live in a time where I get to make my own business market it for free I mean for free billions of hours a week, but for free, (laughs) you know, and, and sell my work and make a living. Like I, I never thought that that could be possible when I was younger and suddenly we're in the age where you can go build an app, you can go start a startup, you can like, oh my goodness, (laughs) you can be a barking dog, but you don't get paid. (laughs) I love how you just, Riley, please. (laughs) He wants his voice heard too. You want to come here? you want to share your voice with with youtube she's looking at me like i kind of want to take a video of it and then interject it (laughs) yeah there'll be there'll be a little interlude of peanut right now what i'm looking at yeah (laughs) anyhow um but yeah we get to create our own voices and do our own your own thing Mm -hmm. does anybody want a toy (laughs) sorry if this is just the podcast i picked up a very phallic black double-edged Sword. <laughs> the dog YouTube Where? video. The dog. Details. <laughs> yes, for the dog. <laughs> for the dog. Oh, wow. That would definitely square peg round hole. Um, 
uh okay lost track again peanut does this often and my i don't think i can edit that one out though so you guys are all stuck with that because we were sure. saying something really important so i'm not gonna edit that <laughs> but continue i also got distracted by the dogs <laughs> it was the double-edged black thing you got distracted yeah that's the real distracted. distracted uh yeah but we were we we're like getting into how yeah it's changed now that we can mm-hmm. do and oh i had a question in my head while you were saying that because how long have you been doing your jewelry business now then Um, Well, this is relatively new. I was working as a large-scale installation artist for festivals for about 13 or 15 years. I don't suppose you've been to Shambhala or Base Coast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We don't know each other very well. You can't tell everyone. (laughs) Awesome. Yes, I've been to Shambhala for probably, I think I went eight, nine years, and way back in like 2000 and. Oh, yeah. We would have crossed that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering. We're not Facebook friends yet, but we should be because that's where you can tell the mutual friends. That's (laughs) where that comes. That's the only reason we use Facebook anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. And so what were some of your larger installations? So what I normally did is I I built a lot of domes. And then on the interior of the domes, I would have some sort of ritual space where people could come participate in an action to kind of connect with their spirituality deeper in a different way. Um, so I did that for a very long time. I traveled all over North America doing that and I really loved it. It was not very good money, but it was amazingly, amazingly like a connected space with people. And, um, I was, I was really enjoying it, but people started kind of approaching me about wanting my individual art in their homes. They were like, these things are successful. They're useful for me. I love this sort of ritual, but it's only here. It only exists in this festival space and then it's gone. And I don't have anything to remember it by. And so I started making these small objects, um, mostly started in stained glass. And then they just started taking off. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. And now we can't be doing things like that in festivals anymore. So my entire business shifted completely. So this is recent. Oh, wow. So super recent. Might have just been a positive shift. I, I think it was for quite a few people as far as that's concerned. Yeah, getting to recreate or create something new even Mm -hmm. or recreate something that they've done. Yeah. And are you preferring being able because now you're mobile now you get to kind of travel around a lot more, which you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, it's a very different thing. I I really loved being on the road with festivals, but it was also made October. I would be at a different event every weekend. And so it was a very exciting life, but it's also very exhausting to keep that pace of life as well. And it is nice to kind of be a little bit more mature and have product available and have like staff at some points in time and like be building stock and be able to kind of live wherever and sell that stock from wherever I'm at. So, I mean, that's another thing about, about passion, right? Is that it's constantly evolving. I had that in my head when we first decided our topic earlier today. Yeah that I, I was like, mine has evolved a, a few times oh, totally. since I was 20. And I was like, that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost a necessity because yeah. we evolve so much as humans. And if we didn't, we would still be stuck doing the exact same thing yeah. that we were doing and passionate about 20 years ago. Absolutely. And I'm just reinventing myself currently now with this podcast, which I love doing more than anything I've done thus far. Nice. And, and it's just, and it's such a representation of where I'm at entirely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's always it was building still, on itself, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like mine has always been some kind of service. Like when I had my media company in my 30s, it was helping small businesses. So I was still helping. I was still watching things grow and a part of that process, which I absolutely loved. But now I'm watching spirituality grow and conversations grow and watching mm-hmm. and people forming these beautiful ideas, even mid conversation and they'll have epiphanies. And that's a part of growth too. And yeah. that's a lot more exciting to me now than, but that's just the part of the evolution, you know, and you have to evolve with where you're at and like absolutely. what you're, what you're currently doing. And yeah. And so how would you I'm trying to think how I even would have, but I'm going to ask you because obviously we didn't plan any of these. <laughs> but how would you go about maybe because you also help people finding their purpose as a part mm-hmm. of your art. And so if someone is kind of in a midlife, like crazy zone of everything seems to be falling apart, which I think everyone's in that state right now. Personally, for real. It's for real. And yeah. so how would you go about being like, OK, these are maybe a couple of steps that you could take to finding your voice and yeah. to listening to it? You know, well, I think it like goes back to step one the whole way through the process. It's just trial and error, 
yes. and finding your joy, like listening yes. to that intuition. But what would the piece after that be? Sorry. Finding that piece after that, um, I guess. The actionable steps, I guess. Yeah, I guess the, the big thing for me would um, be treating it as daily exercise and it's kind of like building up resilience training. So yeah, doing like something that. every day yeah. Yeah. that like, like when people think about artists, they often think about uh, people who are kind of like flaky and we run by intuition and we just sit here and we wait for God. Manifest and it just in our lap. Yeah. Yeah. It just drops in our lap and we just, we do it and then it's perfect. So like that's, that's not how it, that's never successful. I mean, it might be for a very, very teeny amount of people in the world, but, but let's be frank, that's not going to work for most of us. And, yeah. and so the biggest thing is just doing it as a habit every single day, no matter what it is that you're poking at or you're trying. Like for me, I go into the studio every day. I do something creative every single day. I handle effort business every single day. Like, like there's never a day where I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it today. And then I don't, (laughs) I often wake up and don't want to do it. And I still go and I'll do it. And when I start to do it, especially with the creative process, I'll be like, oh, I'm not inspired. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no ideas. And then I'll go in and I'll start the action and I'll start poking at stuff. And then suddenly ideas start start coming and you start grasping onto that flow of life, which is what the intuition is, right? Yeah. And into like that flow isn't going to find you unless you're already receptive to it. And you can't be receptive to it if you're just like sitting around being like numbing out or, numbing out yeah 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 100% exactly. and so oh I love that yeah yeah so it's really Absolutely. it's it's about that daily exercise and then also about getting yourself really comfortable with pain like let's be honest following your passion is really hard like yes it is so uncomfortable it's so uncomfortable yeah. and you it goes against to... everything that we've learned it's mm-hmm. against everything that we've been taught yeah and, yeah yeah outside of like comfort zone for sure and so how do you get past your pain to uh, I mean, uh, that awkward stage yeah same thing I daily exercise <laughs> yeah. like when I when something comes up that scares me like I don't like talking to people I'm an introvert <laughs> these types of things every time before I sit down to do them I'm like <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay you can do this you're good you know what you're doing. You know what you're I talking about. I'm doing this and I agree with you. <laughs> I like, I, before this, I had to walk a few blocks and some days you're just not in the mood, just like mm-hmm. you said. And even with every, everything that I, all the projects I have going on right now as well, I'm just not in the mood sometimes, but I do force myself to do it exactly. because, and sometimes I get in the flow. And if I don't, you know, I'll move on to another kind of project or whatever yeah, it is that I'm working sure. on. But um, but yeah, sometimes just a nice brisk walk too really helps me kind of mm-hmm. get the blood moving and then yeah. I can clear my head. And yeah. then I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, this is gonna be brilliant. Like not brilliant isn't brilliant, but it's gonna be like just beautiful. And yeah. it's gonna be what that. it is and it's a step. Yeah. And mo- and it's just all like whether they're mess ups or whatever, it's all still a part of the process and Absolutely. learning and going through that whole evolution stage within a microcosm, you know? Yeah. And and so for me I just kind of have to remind myself like it all is just unfolding and yeah. just allow and go and have a great time. Like why are you stressing out? Yeah. And I mean I think that's a really great point that prevents almost everyone on the planet from uh, not moving towards their passion is perfectionism. Yeah. Oh, Renee God. Brown. Huge. I bring her up all the Amy time. Podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. She's so incredible. And she really yes. talks about perfectionism as being this armor we wear. Because if we're perfect, then we can't get criticized and we don't have to be vulnerable. Because, like, being vulnerable is hard. It doesn't matter who you are. It is a terrible, terrifying feeling and (laughs) and following your passion is super super vulnerable and we have this tendency to be like everything has to be perfect before we can put it out into the world because we can't have anyone criticize criticize it because it's us it's our identity right and so we like we get stuck in this trap of perfectionism and we don't put anything out in the world because it's not perfect yet and we are too afraid to feel that criticism and so I think that's that's part of what I mean when I mean resilience training is you do it and you put it out there and it, it doesn't have to be perfect and you just move on. And then the and it doesn't have to be better. perfect for everyone else either. Like right? you're not going to be perfect for everybody. That is yeah. an impossibility. Totally. Like it, like it actually is an impossibility. Yeah. Just and most you people are not don't even care. 
Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that is stop thinking of yourself so highly that yeah, I'm gonna give a shit. The people they care are. what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's one of the greatest reliefs of my life. It's learning that that and people, people don't, don't care about me half as much as they think they do. Like, it's awesome. It's totally <laughs> liberating. Nobody gives a fuck, right? I am free. Yeah, no, and also like. It's not, it's also not my right to judge my work. There's, um, there's this amazing quote by Martha Graham that, that I cannot remember the entirety of, but she's talking about the creative practice. And one of the parts of the quote is that it's not your right to judge whether the work is good or not. It's your job to just be a channel, be open, put it out in the world, because if you don't, then it will be lost for all of time and no one will ever have it. And like, it's, it's such a beautiful quote. I have it on my studio wall for that reason, because there's so many pieces of art too that I've made and I make it. And I'm like, what did I do? Like, I hate this thing. Like, I hate it. And I just, I have this feeling of wanting to throw it in the garbage and just like yeah, never put it out. Problem. And I'm like, yeah. I'm embarrassed to like, I don't, I don't want people to see that I made this and then I'll put it out there and there will be someone out there who is like, oh my God, this is the thing I've been looking for the exactly. whole time. And I'm like, really? Like, like I, I felt something when I was making it, but then I made <laughs> it and I was like, oh. <laughs> channeling that person's exactly. desire and that one person by exactly. herself was like, yo, totally. Person really wants that. Yeah. And, you know, and if you're open, if you're an open channel, you'll get that information. Exactly. Whether or not you understand where that's coming from or not is a whole other story, but yeah. just do it. Like, totally. Yeah. Just and that's open. the point. Like, it's not your, it's not your job to know those things. And it's not your job to control every aspect of the process. It is your job to do it and yeah. put it out into the world and let it go and move on and do something else. Like, fuck you. I love that. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. speaking my language. I have um, a person in my life right now who is trying to create something or is creating something. And there are, and I think I actually talked about this on a previous podcast. I don't know if it made it to air or not, but, and I do this as well. When I see something or if I create something, I'm like, oh, it's very similar to that other person. And I'll immediately, mm -hmm. or it's very similar to this. And I'll immediately yeah. think like, it's not, it's, it's not, not as good. Yeah, it's not as good. <laughs> or it's just like, I should yeah. put it out there because it's yeah. so similar to that is yeah. another thing. It's like, I, I shouldn't, I should, I'll seem like I'm copying them or something, even though I would have seen it after mm -hmm. the fact and you've already yep. created it and you're like, oh crap. Like, yeah. Oh, that's just the same thing pretty much. But it's, it's also getting over the, who the fuck cares as long as it's not played. And if you created it authentically from your totally. own, from your own being and your own self, and yeah. then you find out and discover later that something else is very similar. Who the fuck cares? Exactly. Just like that was created with your own pieces in there yeah. there are elements of you in that and no matter even if you did see it first you know that still has bits of you in it totally well. in it it's still unique yeah. to you and there's no have you read big magic by elizabeth gilbert oh i have not it's so I'm good she talks all about finding your passion and and finding your creativity and there's this whole chapter she has in there on that which was just awesome. so beautifully put where she kind of talks about the collective un unconscious and that ideas have their own life and that the ideas want to be birthed and they want to be out there and it has nothing to do with us as creators or people following our passion or living our lives. These, yeah. these things kind of have a life of their own and they're just bouncing around the world waiting for someone to grab onto that idea and put it yeah. in real life. And Absolutely. if she's like, if you don't do it, it's going to bounce to someone it's else. Go to somebody else. And they're going to do it, you know, and you're going to see it. And you'll you'll be like, oh, like, I have to have an idea. After I do some, like, technology things, I'm like, oh, man, I totally thought that. <laughs> um, but that's funny, too, because I was also listening to a podcast recently where they talked about how there is such, we are a collective consciousness. And since we are a collective consciousness, it's pretty obvious that we're going to have similar ideas and totally. thought waves. And just yep. to tie into what, what that author was saying is like, yeah, you're going to pull out a little something from the atmosphere that's going to mm -hmm. resonate. And, you know, and somebody else is obviously going to, how many billions of people do we have here? So, you know, yeah. it's not just only going to be you that's going to resonate with that collective consciousness idea. And it's just, but still put your own unique spin on it. Like, yeah, be your own, get really centered into how you can make something slightly better or different yeah, or, you totally. know, you know, there's so and many like, ways. Comparison is the thief of joy. You know, when we, when we look at, at other people and, and we compare ourselves to them, that is the biggest stunter of anything 
to do with the creative process or finding your passion. Yeah. Like, like I have a, I have a rule for myself when I'm going in the studio to not look at social media before I do, because oh, I will right. get so. And so what happens to you when you, when you do that? I look at things and then I'm like, ah, oh, like, oh, I kind of had that idea or, oh my God, that's so much better. Or like, you know, I, I totally get lost in this place of someone else being their beautiful, magical selves and that yeah. I'm not feeling magical this morning. And yeah, I can't like, yeah, like we're seeing people's highlight reels, right? And yeah. so we're seeing the best of their best all of the time. We don't see any of the crud. And so much of what happens when you're trying to live this fulfilled life is really being in the crud. And, yeah. and so when we compare ourselves to other people's highlight reels, then we start to feel completely disempowered and we're not like able to get to that point of production, right? Yeah, that's a great point to not look at social media, especially before that, when that creative process hits. I just should look at it less just in general because I find myself, I don't know, just mundanely getting distracted from yeah. what is supposed to be my path and my path. And it just takes, so not only do I, do we all do the comparisonitis thing, but also we just, it's a distraction tactic. Totally. It's a great tool to get out there and to network, but at the same time, if not utilized effectively, it just totally dials us back so Absolutely. many, there should be a course. Okay. Here's <laughs> somebody make a course. How to stay on track with social media. Would you distract me for a little bit with that? I just need more distraction. But it's true. Well, that's, like, that's I, the thing, right? It's, it's, it can either be a, a beautiful, beautiful tool or it can be a numbing out agent. And yeah. I think the the thing that is crazy about this world right now is because we have more free time than any other generation in the history of the planet. Especially we also during the big P. Exactly. And we also aren't being taught on how to follow our passions or like live fulfilled lives or be societally engaged. Like all of a sudden we have all of this time and then we have more numbing out tools than ever before. And so we're bored, we're not engaged in our lives, we're not like having a lot of social time. And so we we have this time and we're like, well, what am I going to do with it? And the answer is nothing. I'm going to stare at the flickering fire of social media and just like turn my brain off, which don't get me wrong, can be really useful sometimes when you're yeah, like, it has a time and a place and moderation. Yep. Everything does. I mean, it has been shown to have that meditative effect. But at the same juncture, it's like you could take that energy or lack of energy that you're putting into staring blankly at something, or you can take it and make it a little bit more purposeful. I mean, I still like doing both, but you could mm -hmm. also make it more purposeful by taking that time when you're just kind of staring into oblivion to be like, hey, I could be staring into the oblivion of my inner consciousness and with intention. I mean, it's I have a hard time really taking away from my chill out time to do yeah. that, but I really wish I had an alarm on my TV to be like, yeah. hey, it's time for you to go. <laughs> we all do. We all, right? You know. I think one of the things that really helps me with that was uh, like separating my intentional social media from my personal social media. So yeah. I have a, a business account and a personal account for both my Instagram and my Facebook. And I made a rule for myself several years ago that I, I follow mostly only clients on my business Instagram. Yeah. So clients or uh, business connections. I, I'm not following other artists on there. I'm not following other businesses. I'm not following like things like travel blogs or things that I like to look at. Just I have that space and it is my following list is completely people that I'm interacting with uh, from my heart in a business way. And so I spend a lot of time on Instagram because it's a, it's a huge platform for me, uh, for my business. And I'm really grateful for, for it, but I made it so that I'm not getting distracted by other people's creative um, outputs into the world. Like I'm there to sense. interact with my clients and my business colleagues and to do my job and which, which is a very inspiring job. It's supporting people in their spiritual practice. It's inspiring them. It's engaging with them. And so I only have that space for that. And then in those times where I'm like, you know what? I just want to start a newsfeed. I go over to my personal accounts, which I'm almost never on anymore. And yeah. then I can look at all the things that are cool and inspiring and like all that sort of stuff. And so it's it's really helpful to separate because especially in this new era of where we're building all of our own jobs, if we don't have boundaries, 
around our work time and our intention and our meditation time, like especially because a bunch of us are working from home, then it all just gets muddled together and we tend to hit the lowest common denominator, which is numbing out and being tired and overwhelmed by all the information that is coming into our brains. And so having a container has been a really useful way to approach Yeah. And I like how you have no other artists on there. Because for me personally, on my podcast page, I have a lot of po- other podcasters, which mm-hmm. I find what we we do collaborate though. Totally. A little bit, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but I also don't have, I don't try and meld in the podcasters on my personal page and stuff like that, because I just like to keep my mm-hmm. friend, it's just friends on there, you know, yeah. and I just try, I just follow people that I know. And, and that's about it. And it's easier when it's like that. And then I can focus on purely business stuff with my Instagram. But it's also still overwhelming with the amount of time spent, you know? Totally. But that's something I just kind of have to accept with time that it comes with this line of work. And that in order for me to continue to network and make friends on there, that that's just, it is a part of it. And most of it's really enjoyable, to be honest, especially I get to meet wonderful people like you and like, look at all your beautiful stuff. And (laughs) I do love that part of it. It just, I find sometimes that I, I don't delegate my time. Maybe that's another thing is delegating certain yeah. a lot of times. Like totally. I read Tim Ferriss, 10 hour work week. Mm, and he yeah. was like, I do not check my emails. Like every, every time somebody emails me, he's like, I only do it in the mornings and in the afternoons. And yeah. if I could really dial that in, that would make my productivity higher. And I could be following the thing that I love to do totally. more, like more astutely, you know? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm needing that structure. So once you get past the, finding your joy and when you get to the to following it and numbing or not numbing out um nullifying the voices that are telling you that you can't do it yeah and then it's really getting structure around okay how do I make this a reality how do I take this beautiful joy and my passion and how do I construct it into something that I can monetize and construct it into something that I'm going to want to continue to do down the line and how it's just feasible to to do without getting burnout because burnout is huge yeah like it's it's a thing and that's that's another thing that I mean I've definitely utilized in my life I've done so many courses and read so many books and all that jazz like I am a huge advocate for getting educated around whatever you need to do like Tim Ferriss his efficiency strategies have changed my life like like, (laughs) I need to reread it an hour work week oh man I read it like 15 years (laughs) years ago and I like like it just it it blew my mind you know and and I still use a bunch of those practices today and and I mean I could I could say on this podcast like all the things that I went through to build my business but that wouldn't be useful to other people trying to yeah no and everyone's got their own process yeah exactly it's gonna be something else different for everybody but the thing about the internet that's so amazing is that people are out there sharing all of this like crazy for paid and for free like no matter what you do you can start tomorrow by just like googling how do I this. Yeah, this fill and in the blank, fill in someone, joy. Yeah, there'll be someone who would have even Google letters on the toilet. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Like, yeah. it is that it is so incredible that we live in this age where not only are we able to do this, but people are sharing information on how. Like now, when I when I choose to add something to my business or when I want to go down a different sort of path and try this thing. I, I no longer start from scratch and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm like, okay, who else has done this? Yeah, someone like the groundwork. Like what are my there. steps? And yeah. then all, all of a sudden you have this jump start to figuring out how to get this to be really successful. And you're not just doing trial and error all of the yeah. time and failing. I mean, I still end up doing trial and error. But, totally. Yeah. But, but I mean, less. but yeah, the groundwork is there. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I'm yeah. definitely, I'm so grateful to, especially with podcasting too. And I'm mm-hmm. sure with jewelry making as well. And so like pretty much everything I can think of, there is some kind of groundwork. Crypto I've been learning. Yeah. There's so much groundwork out there. I'm like, I'm so grateful for all. Of the, and I make sure that they know too. I'm like, thank mm-hmm. you so much. You've officially changed my life. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean, marketing, all of my marketing, I never got taught that in school. Like I have right. two bachelor's degrees and a master's in arts and I didn't have a single business course. Not one. It blows <laughs> my mind that I never got taught that in 11 years of schooling. But like I got out of that and then we're like, come on, like people have to be able to make a living at this. It's a lie that artists are always going to be poor and broke. Like it's not true because I see artists out there who are successful and are making money and are doing well. And I'm like, so that's not a dumb luck. It's not just dumb luck. 
Yeah. Right. And and so it was like, oh, you know what they do? They do marketing. They <laughs> find their niche. They like find the clients that want to work with them. How do I do that? And then all of a sudden on the internet, there's just these billions and billions of people who have put out that information. And I can then learn on how to do those things and start a business from scratch, which is which is incredible in this incredible. era that yeah. that you can just do that for, for very little money. And that's another thing that people, when they think about following their passion, they're like, it's going to be so expensive. I don't have a bunch of savings saved up to go back to school or like do just this gonna thing. just going to say, yeah, go thing. back to school is not a necessity. It's totally. not a requirement. Yeah. Not a requirement. And you don't have to. Like, like sometimes it's really good to jump off the cliff and just be like, I'm doing this sink or swim. Sometimes that's useful, but you really also don't have to do that. You can keep your day job and start poking at your passion. You can, you know, you can take a course at night. You can look on something on a, oh, sorry, my light just died. I didn't even notice that's funny Uh, but yeah you can yeah you can take a night course or do whatever you've got to do like a lot a lot a little bit of time per day like we were saying earlier when you take that actionable step every Mm -hmm. single day no matter when it is if it's after your day job or what have you in the morning if you're a morning person you lucky soul then do it there (laughs) <laughs> I struggle. I do it, but I hate it. Um, but hate's a strong word. We just don't need eye to eye. Anyhow, but yes, find your time that works for you and just and take that time and where you could be numbing out, you could also be creating something yeah. that you're truly passionate about. And I think people are becoming more and more aware of this now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just taking that little, the conversations about it really help. Like I talk to my friends about it often and they're miserable and I'm just yeah. there's a way to do things and I jumped off the cliff and you know I have yet to monetize it but it comes with time and yeah. just be prepared for that and that's another thing have a little piggy bank if you don't have a day job then mm-hmm. like kind of save up for that and be prepared yeah. for that to be an option too but just give it a shot and I know for a fact because I've, I've waited really long a really long time to do things in my past and I was like oh if I would have had the courage to do it prior then I might be further ahead now. And my only but regret, and I would be, yeah. And yeah. I don't even, I don't even call it a regret, but my only, if I could slightly adjust something in my life, mm-hmm. it might've been to have less fear, have more courage and just have really? tried sooner and yeah. put myself out there more. And I still yeah. could use that advice every day. Like right. I still have a hard time getting on yeah. lives on Instagram and doing these yeah. things and having my, even though I have a podcast and YouTube channel, there's something about getting on Instagram and talking into my phone that just like I haven't gotten there yet so yeah you do it you do a great job (laughs) like you have photos of yourself like I'm barely on my Instagram I have like five photos of me yeah I mean I think that's another thing that just came from learning marketing too is that people people don't want products they want a connection and I am my most valuable asset I'm 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 my art is me and I'm putting that out into the world and I am not an extrovert. I do not enjoy having my face all over everything. There are sometimes I'm editing the thousands photo of myself and I'm so tired of my face. Like it is not, it's not something that like, I'm not an ego driven person. I don't have my face as my branding because I want to connect. Yeah. And, and, you're and, exactly. and that's one of those things where you just have to, you have to do it and you do it every day and you get over it and you just, you have to put yourself out there and you have to be vulnerable it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you want to live a passionate, fulfilled life, you have to get over being vulnerable. And that means every single day doing that little thing that scares you and doing it tomorrow and it's probably not going to be good. And then you're going to do it the next day and it's probably not going to be that much better. And like <laughs> 10 years down the line, you're going to be a freaking rock star. Yeah, totally. right. It's so right. True. Who knows? Maybe even 10 months, maybe even 10 days. It's really yeah. hard to say. But it yeah. is taking that step. And I, and as much as I know that, and as much as I can say that here, I'm still not currently doing it. Like I mm-hmm. said, like I'm not on Instagram doing the things to really get my voice out there, but it is hard and it's getting over that fear. So my next move personally is going to be how do I come up with that kind of, I guess that confidence, it's confidence isn't my issue. How do I get over that uncomfortability? Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortableness. I'm uncomfortable with doing it because I don't like my face all over the place either. Yeah. I'm much like you. I'm an ambivert. I'm an extra intra, extrovert, introvert. So we're called ambiverts. But when I get out there, I can and I'm fine. 
but it's the getting me out there is mm-hmm. the hard part. And so yeah. it's finding that courage that is going to be something that I'm going to work on. I've I've had it in my head for months to do it. But I mean, that, that does help. Yeah. But also it's like, it's, again, that perfectionism and yes. the fact that we think that it needs to be perfect and it needs to be big. Like, yeah. like I think the biggest thing that I've learned in my life is is baby steps. Like, I want to do this thing. I'm going to do this today. And it might be yeah. tiny and I may, might be small. And then tomorrow I'm going to do this. And and as soon as we we make ourselves think of this thing, we're like, you know what I need to do? I need to go on Instagram on a Facebook Live and I need to do a two-hour talk and it needs to be freaking amazing and then you you're like, like, I'm not going to do like, that Grr. yeah you're like I'm not going to do that I'm yeah. just I'm not Let's but but it's two, like yeah two minutes what yeah. if I get on or like 30 seconds time. hey yeah. good morning yeah. I like yeah. you the end yes for sure and as much as I even know that too even me personally who does this kind of stuff so if anyone's out there wondering if they can market themselves or not like and it it does come down to just choices, you know, like yeah. we talked about the very beginning of the podcast and it is a choice. And for me, I've gotten by without it so far, but my choices are starting to evolve. And I'm like, this is my choice to start getting yeah. comfortable and get courageous and just kind of get out there. And I know I did one last week for the first time. And I was like, ah, that was fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <that's> so, <laughs> what? <laughs> Crazy. So I'm sure that'll happen more and more. And and yeah. no matter what you choose to, it doesn't have to be that your face has to be everywhere. That's not even no. a necessity right now, you know? Not at all. Yeah. So it's just that's it's what that's what works for my business. Yeah. I not work and it works for mine, but it doesn't it works for mine, but it doesn't necessarily have to be for everyone's. I just want people to really be diving in and thinking about what lights their fire. Like what lights a match under your ass to get you off the couch? What is it? And I think the thing is like when we're following that inspiration and we're following that joy, the biggest thing that makes me realize I need to do something is I feel afraid about it. Yeah, when, totally. Like yeah. for real. Like <laughs> yeah, when I'm when I'm hearing that little voice inside of me that's like, hey, you should put your face out there. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> like I gotta do that because I don't wanna. <laughs> yeah. And and then it's like, oh no, now that I've realized that it freaks me out. Now I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Dog, oh no. Oh, no. I just had that running through my head. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I can be smart enough to edit that in there right now because I that's the voice that I get every time I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, no, I should yeah, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's that's yeah. the thing is it's like it's when we follow our passion and what we're meant to do, we we have to be brave. It's it's just like being healthy. It's like exercise. You like you, no one wants to wake up at six a.m. and go to the gym. Everyone wants a six pack. The yeah. like the habit is a totally different thing, and and we have to commit to doing that thing that's hard if we're going to have the type of life that we want. And the results, yeah. yeah. And 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 the thing thing about stuff like this too is that when you start to build a habit of building the life that you want, you get into these spaces and you realize that there's very little competition because yeah. people don't want to do the work to make a life <laughs> yeah. like this, yeah, you know, like, like people, we don't want to get up and go to the gym. We, we just don't. But when you yeah. start a habit and they do it every day and then you start talking, you're like not letting yourself argue yourself out of it. It's not a discussion. Like you, it's non-negotiable yeah. to get up and do your thing to do your job to, to before you know it it becomes day. routine and you like totally kind of rely on it and then you're like oh but I'm gonna do it today and I'm yeah. gonna do yeah. it tomorrow and, and every time how we build lives that that we want and exactly. and when people look at my life and they're like oh you're so lucky like luck has literally nothing to do it like I'm perseverant that's the pretty much the only quality I have like I'm not even that creative half the time I'm just I commit to doing what I need to do to live the life that I want to live. And, and like, that's the one skill that you really need to figure out anything in your life. If, if you can persevere, then all the information is available to you. Like figuring out your intuition is available to you. It's just a matter of that doing it, like yeah. that choice, Absolutely. like I'm going to choice. live the life that I want. Exactly. And like you said, listening to that intuition too is huge. That's key. And a lot of us aren't doing that. So that would be my biggest takeaway too, is diving into that intuition and, and kind of nullifying that fear and building up that courage every day and taking those tiny little baby steps, you know, 
our intuition does have a lot to tell us though. And so does our fear. And I think that was a great point that you made is like, as soon as you're afraid to do something, Burke and do it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Get out there and do it. That's yeah. That's great takeaways today. Awesome. Awesome. How long have we been chatting for? Jesus. It's been almost an hour. I think we hit our hour. <laughs> like it at all. I love it when conversations happen like that. Absolutely best. I was like, my battery's almost dying. I don't like well, it. my light died halfway through. <laughs> We've abolished all electricity. But it's been a great conversation and so worth it. So that was fabulous. Well, I'm really excited to go on your website and do some shopping. I'm going to do it just after Christmas because I'm all shopped out. I have a yeah, allotted, allotted amount of shopping that's loud, but I've been perusing and I'm like bookmarked a bunch. So why don't you tell everyone <laughs> Thank you. where they can find you? So my website is jodysharp.ca. And if you follow me on Instagram, I'm very responsive to emails and stuff. I love to chat with people there. Uh, it's jody.sharp.art. And so come find me there. Come connect. Um, my favorite thing about making art is connecting with people. So please I can vouch for that because that's how we ended up talking. I was like, yeah. holy crap, I'm in love with your stuff. My family <laughs> was huge, huge into, into stained glass. My stepmom so and my nice. dad, both who passed, they both had some amazing stained glass uh, pieces. Well, my cool. stepdad's was, he has this 11 and a half foot lady. She's made it of soldered oh. glass. She's nailed to a cross. Oh my God, you'll have to see my picture. Oh, I'm please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have it. He left it to me. And oh my God. And she lights up. So when I saw your stained glass, and I don't think I mentioned that before, that it has such an emotional tie to me, but, oh, um, and my stepmom loved doing it as well. She had it all over her place. And, <sighs> That's so nice. Yes. So totally. I just, I can't wait to some of your pieces. So anyways, um, <laughs> now that I'm going to tear up a little, <laughs> thank you so much for this beautiful conversation and sharing all of your insights and everything. You've had so many nuggets of gold wisdom that I'm really excited to share with the world. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Christy. And thank you, your audience. I hope I meet some of you. So absolutely go find this woman. She is a gift. Uh, Thank you so much, everyone. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe um, wherever you're listening to this. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give me a review. I am lacking reviews because I don't harass people enough to do them. So that'd be great. Um, And if you're on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button and follow and all that stuff. And yeah, thanks again, Jody. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.